All right. Well, like I said, we're going to be doing a special service today. If you guys are just visiting, welcome. Visiting, um, welcome. Um, you you, you kind of caught us at the end of our annual week of prayer and fasting. It's something that can be hard to do in that. It doesn't happen by itself. It's something that we have to be intentional to make time for. And so we set aside a week where we just fast, which is kind of saying no to something in our flesh with the intent of replacing it or this desire to want to uh, be with the Lord that's greater than anything in this world. So we say no to our flesh. We intent, intentionally seek the Lord. It was, how many guys, how many guys partook in that this week? We, we had more participation this week than we've ever had, which was super encouraging. And uh, hopefully we're, you guys are going to get to hear some testimonies about what that amounted to in people's lives. But um, with that, I just wanted to kind of start out today's service, which is, let's, let me explain this. A couple of years ago, um, the Lord just really put on my heart. He didn't want me doing anything during this week other than, and I'm going to talk about this in a second, but just spending time with him. Because I normally I'm studying, I'm prepping a lot for a sermon and stuff, but the Lord was like, this week's for you too, just to spend time with me and, and seek me. And so the last couple of years, I've really felt like the Lord in, in that just said, well, just go into Sunday and just trust me. You know, the Sunday's gonna be a Sunday where we just kind of celebrate and remember what the Lord did during this week. And we kind of expectantly go into the new year um, ready for what he's going to do coming out of this week. And so it's a time where we just worship we continue to pray, we continue to give room for testimonies of what the Lord did during the week, what he spoke to people, um, and what prayers he answered, uh, things that he revealed to people. And so there'll be opportunities for that later, but what I wanna start out with is uh, a passage that kind of explains what, what it's become for me personally, and probably some of you as well. So I'm in Luke chapter 10, and I'm going to read verses 38 through 41. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious or worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Or in essence, Mary choose, chose the better thing by sitting at Jesus' feet in in. in taking in what he was teaching them. And so that passage, if you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for any amount of time, you probably realize by now that we, we can have a tendency to relate to Martha in that it, it's, it's not too hard to be somebody that uh, their relationship with Jesus becomes about just doing things for him, serving him or whatnot. But... The reality is God saved you first and foremost to know him, to have a relationship with him. That your service to him is a benefit. We don't always see service as benefit, but that's reality what it is. It's to your benefit because God wants to use you 
to do great things, and in using you to do great things, he actually works in you too. But it's not because he needs us. He could do it all himself if he wanted to, and quite frankly, do it much better. But he chooses to use us. But the reality is, we can't be used to do anything unless that first part of our relationship, that relationship, that closeness with him is where it should be. And so this week of prayer and fasting for me, some people fast to like physically reset your body. It has health benefits. But for me, it's a spiritual reset. It's a chance for me to check that the priorities are right in my relationship with God and that first and foremost, I'm being a Mary because my tendency can to be just like Martha, where I'm just so busy and overwhelmed, I'm just anxious and I'm worried and I'm troubled, and I'm forgetting or I'm neglecting that first and foremost part of my relationship, that closeness with God, that intimacy with God, that spending time at his feet and in his word and in prayer, where if that's not right, then I'll be in no good service to him in the things that he wants me to do you know, practically for him. And so this week's become this week for me where I just, I, I clear my schedule. I'm barring an emergency, I don't, I don't do anything other than commit it to prayer, to d- just surrender the whole week to God. And he meets me every time and reminds me that this is, this is how my life always has to be. That relationship, that sitting at his feet has to be the priority over anything else. And I can, I can even more so have a tendency to become a, a, a Martha because one, one of the gifts the Lord's given me, and I don't say this like pridefully, it's just there, there's gifts that God gives some of us. Some of us are just prone to do certain things. And it's not like anyone has to tell you, you're just, that's the way God made you. And Romans um, 12 actually lists some of those gifts and one of them service in in. I've always been somebody where you don't have, to, if there's something to do, you don't have to tell me to do it. I just do it. And that's just something God's wired in me. So I have this tendency to be a Martha even more so than somebody else. And so I have to be really careful. And because I can just, you know, before you know it, I'm, I'm just serving, serving, serving. And then I'm just weary and heavy laden. And, and what comes with that is kind of like a bad attitude like Martha, where I'm just questioning God, questioning people. And and that's just not where any of us wants to be. That's not where the Lord wants us to be. And so this week, yet again, the Lord just reminded me that, as he told Martha here, that the better place to be is to be a Mary. That's the first and foremost place to be with the Lord. And I would imagine that you guys that, you know, went into this week and, and you were intentional as well to just set aside time to pray, you experience that same thing because what God's word says to us is when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Like it's, it's not that he doesn't want to draw near to us, he, he does, but we can be so consumed in our service to him or just life in general that we, we don't ever make time to draw near to him. But when we do, he meets us. And so let's just go ahead and start this service kind of with that thought in our mind that we're here today, this is why we gather on a Sunday to be with Jesus, to, to draw near to him so he can draw near to us. But let's just think about that. And maybe this week kind of reflect on how the Lord actually showed that us that that's true, that we made that intentional effort and we felt his presence. We sensed it there. We heard his voice, whether it was him speaking us to us through his word. I don't know about you, but when I, when I draw near to God like this week, like there was just, I was trying to pray about what to talk about today and there's all this stuff God spoke to me because I was just listening. 
I was tuning out the busyness of life and I was just listening as I was reading through his word or, and he was just putting stuff on my heart. So maybe some of you guys experienced that. Maybe this is like the first time you guys ever did anything like this and, and the Lord met you in such a strong way, you're just like, whoa, I've been missing out. So let's reflect on those things and that will be kind of the first thing we have to give God praise for this morning as we sing to him is that he's made it possible for us not to just have this superficial relationship with the God that created us, but this intimate one where you see so many people in scripture, they're, they're just, God's talking to them. They're talking to God. God's talking to them. God's leading them. They're, they're hurting and they go to him and he's comforting them, with like this close relationship. That's what God desires with every single one of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you guys took part this week uh, in any of the prayer meetings, it was really cool to see the Holy Spirit. We go into it really, we, we had a theme of surrender that we believe the Lord gave us and uh, we talked about that leading up to it, but we also just go into each prayer meeting wanting to be led by God's Spirit and it really seemed to be the Holy Spirit leading us through the week. If you guys were a part of any of those meetings, a lot of them taking on very specific themes um, that it was just a sense like the Lord's trying to tell us this. He's trying to show us his compassion for the lost. He's trying to encourage us to be bold in our prayers because God is all powerful. There's nothing he can't do. He's trying to remind us that those logs in that vision he gave us to give to him are, are for our benefit so that we can be given back so much more. We can be given we can know him to a greater degree. He can do the things he wants to do in our lives, just these constant things the Holy Spirit was speaking to us. And it really reminded me that, you know, the, the, the purpose of prayer is that God wants to be involved in your life. That's why he saved you, so he could be in that relationship and be involved in your life. But in order for him to do that, we have to invite him in. And there's a, a passage that came up during the week that I think shows us this. This is one of the letters that Jesus writes to the churches. These were specific churches that actually existed. Some of them still exist today in different places in the world, but they're also letters that can be taken to anyone in the church because they're applicable to us too. And, and this was one of the letters to a church that really wasn't doing so well. They were what we would call lukewarm. They knew enough of Jesus to think that they were saved and in a good relationship with him, but they were still very much living in the world as well. And, and that just can't be. The, God tells us in his word that you, you can't love the world and you can't love him. It's, it's one or the other. And so they, because they knew enough about Jesus to think they were good, they were fooling themselves. And they were living for things in this world and thinking that those things could give them something that really only the Lord could and, and very in line with our, our theme or just that vision the Lord gave us, there were things the Lord was telling him, you need to give these things to me so that you can have me in return. And so it says in uh, Revelation 3, starting in verse 15, this is Jesus speaking to the church, I know your works, you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot, or it'd be better if you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, but not realizing that you are wretched, 
pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from the gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen in salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Here's the part I want you to hear. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I love that invitation Jesus gives there. You know, the these people that think they're living for him but they're not really and and you know he he rebukes them in a, in, in a gentle way just you know telling them you, you guys are fooling yourselves you're not finding the things that you're actually think you're looking for in the things in this world you, you can find them in me though and I'm right here I'm I'm at the door I'm not far away and and I'm knocking like I I'm I've I'm giving you the invitation to let me in and all you have to do is invite me. And I'll come in and I like that, that picture he uses of somebody coming in to have a meal. I'll come in and eat with him. Like when you think about like you have somebody over for dinner or you go out for coffee or whatnot, you, you sit and you talk and that's the type of relationship that Jesus desires to have with us. And when we choose to pray, we are in a very real sense inviting him in to be a part of our lives. We're involving him. We're asking him to be involved. We're acknowledging we we want you, Lord. We, We don't know how to lead ourselves. We don't have the strength to do what only you can. We we, we, we can't comfort ourselves. We can't handle these situations. And so when we pray, we invite him in to be a part of our lives. And the longer I follow Jesus, the more quicker I am to do that because the more I realize how lost I am apart from him, how weak I am apart from him. And I, I need to be a person of prayer because I need, I need to be at that table with him at all times or I'm just not going to know what to do or I'm not going to be able to do it in my own strength. And one of the other things we talked about, how was when we pray together because God did, he he gave us himself first and foremost so we don't go through life alone, but then he gave us each other. He made us a family, thicker than blood. I know that's hard to comprehend, but that's the reality because we're spending an eternity together. And he gave us tangible brothers and sisters so that we didn't have to go through this life as hard as it, hard, hard as it is alone. We have each other to bear burdens together, to pray for one another. The Bible talks about how when we weep with each other, when we're going through hard things, we're there to support each other and go through those hard things together and then rejoice with each other. When we see other people going through great things, like we rejoice with them because we see the good things that God's doing in their lives. And that's really necessary. It is far harder to go through this life by yourself than it is to have brothers and sisters to go through it with together. And 
one of the things the enemy likes to do in our flesh too, we're, we're prone to being prideful. We're prone to kind of just wanting to act like we can handle things on our own when we can't. We need God first and foremost, but we also need each other. And the enemy would play on that and try to get you to not be open, not be humble, not admit you're hurting or you're struggling or you need help. But as soon as you do, man, it, 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 it's like this weight. You just lay it aside. I felt led in one of the prayer meetings to share this testimony of how, um, you know, I, there was this point in my life early on when I was a pastor where I was really dealing with a lot of hurt and pain just through personal relationships around me. And I had this false like thinking that as a pastor, it's like, I got to be the tough one. I can't show weakness. I'm the one God's called me to lead his people. So I just have to deal with this internally. You know, I was thinking I was letting God deal with it, but I was just kind of hiding it. Like, like I'm not, like not admitting that I was hurting, not admitting that I was in pain. And I was sitting in a prayer meeting like this, but with a bunch of other senior pastors. And the Lord put a word on someone's heart because I wouldn't deal with this with him. So he went to the length of putting it on someone else's heart and showed them the pain I was in. And that pastor spoke out and said, there's, there's somebody here and you're hurting and you're heavy laden and God cannot help you until you humble yourself and admit you need help. And I knew it was me. And I spoke out and as soon as I did, it was one of those times that I heard the still small voice of the Lord and he said, now I can help you. And that weight was almost instantly gone. And God healed that pain in a way that, you know, whether those people had said they were sorry, nobody could heal the pain like God does. That's one of the things that allows us to love people and make ourselves vulnerable is knowing and having the faith that God can heal any pain that anyone could ever cause us but we have to let him, we have to invite him in. And, and so when we pray, and I think people, I heard people experience this this week when they pray together, we're inviting other people. And there's a great picture in Exodus 18 of how this results in victory in our lives. I'm gonna start in verse eight. It says, then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. Amalek was this, other king of another nation and he brought this army to fight against God's people and it says so Moses said to Joshua choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand so Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. So raising hands is like a posture of prayer. So the idea is that Moses is up there and he's praying to God for God to give his people victory. And when his hands are up, they're winning. And then he starts to get tired. And his hands start to come down and then they start to lose. And it says in verse 12, but Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady 
until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. I love that because you have different people in the body of Christ that all have different responsibilities. They all have different gifts, but they're all significant. And you see in this picture, you've got three different guys. They got different responsibilities. Joshua's the one that's actually down there fighting with his people, leading them in the battle. You see Moses is the one that's called to be the one praying. Aaron and her are the ones that are there to support him and hold up his hands. But if any one of those people isn't doing their job, then that victory couldn't have been possible. But because they are, they weren't bickering or complaining about, why do I have to hold up his stinky arm? Or, you know, it was, they were all just focused on what they were called to do. And they were doing it together. These other men came around to support him. And all of them doing their roles together. All of them just, you know, all of them were critical to that victory being ex experienced. And I just love that picture of when Moses was weak, others came to support and help him. You know, when you guys tell me you're praying for me, that is the greatest thing you could ever tell me. Because it's those prayers that hold me and my family up when I'm weak. Those faithful few that come into the prayer room before service when I'm just like the enemy's attacking and I'm stressed and I don't know what I'm gonna say and I'm feeling weak, I come out of there and my arms have been lifted up. And we need each other for that. So we're just gonna go into a time now. Many of you guys, you heard that this week and you chose to involve your brothers and sisters in the hard things you're going through. You humbled yourself. And I believe to some of you, well, I know it's because I heard testimonies. The, the Lord actually answered prayers. And while when those prayers first set, went out, your brothers and sisters were, in a sense, weeping with you because they were hard things, we got to rejoice with you because we heard those answered prayers. So we're gonna go into just a time right now where a couple things can happen. If you're somebody and the, the Holy Spirit right now is just saying that same thing he said to me in that prayer meeting where he's like, you need to just call out to me and humble yourself and involve your brothers and sisters so they can pray with you. Man, you don't even have to give details. You can just say something general and say, I, I, I'm that person, I need help. Just right where you're at, maybe some brothers and sisters around you can lay hands on you and you, as you're praying, they'll agree with you. You can do that. If you're somebody that has a testimony Regarding that this week, a short one just to share with the, 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 your church family. I have a mic here. You can come up and get it and just share with how the Lord, like you, you were vulnerable. You were humble and you opened up and, and, and that weight was lifted or the Lord answered that prayer. So just be faithful to whatever the Holy Spirit's telling you to do right now. We're gonna wait a moment and see what the Lord wants to do. I guess it was two weeks ago now. When I left this church, I made it about two miles, and my engine blew up in my car. I owe eight thousand dollars on that car. I was—I hit the floor. I mean, in my heart, I was like dragging on the ground. And I'm, I was told there's no warranty. You're over a hundred thousand. That car can't be fixed. You're stuck paying that thing off no matter what. I was dragging bottom. My son has mental illness. I was battling with that. And then the ice hit, 
and I hit the ground a bunch of times, and I'm in pain right now from it. But anyway, the Lord blessed me so much with that car. does have a warranty. It is going to get fixed. I praise Jesus for that. <laughs> and he's making me stronger even through the, the bruises of falling. Many of us were praying for Robert as he was dealing with that hardship. And so we get to rejoice with him as we see the Lord answer that prayer. I had a dream on one of the first uh, days of, of, uh, of the fast. And, and I, was, um, I, was, I went into my bedroom and I had a box. And I was significant that I went into my bedroom because it's a private place and a place where I can even hide. Um, but in the box were two snakes, and the first one was a nice snake. It was a corn snake, and it was okay. It was nice. It wasn't mean to me. It was just a snake that I accepted, and there was another snake that was a nasty snake, and it wanted to um, attack me, and it wanted to not just attack me, but it wanted to attach itself to me. And I woke up, and I thought, what, what was that? Well, I went back to sleep to finish the dream because I wanted to stomp on the snake. Well, I stomped on the, the nasty snake because he was a really big threat to me. And those big sins in my life, you know, I can see those big sins, and I can stomp on those, and I can be victorious. But the other snake, I just let it be there. I just let it stay in my room. It didn't hurt me. And those were the little sins. It still wanted to take me out. It still wanted to constrict me. It still wanted to take me out. So I woke up from that dream with the understanding from the Lord that it was the big sins, I'm tacking those, but it's those little, those little ones that want to make friends with me. They're not friends. You know, as something like that gets shared, sometimes it resonates with us personally because it's not just a word for that person, but it's a a word from the Lord for us. And I just encourage you that, you know, if, if you sense that, that you'd respond to the Lord, that you'd basically acknowledge that and just whether that's privately right where you're at or just like, man, that's a word for me too. I need prayer. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, don't miss out on that opportunity to let him do what he wants to do. That vision the Lord gave us going into the week of logs being thrown in a fire and that fire just burning brighter and brighter, you know, represented those things in our life that were getting in the way of our fellowship with him, getting in the way of the things he wanted to be doing in our life. And I heard testimonies from people of, of specific things that the Lord put on their heart and that he felt, they felt like he really met them as soon as they were willing to surrender those things to him. Some of those things involved like hard, hard things they were dealing with, like grief issues that they realized that they were trying to work through on their own and they just needed to give it to God because he was the only one that could help them with it and there was instant weight gone, instant grief gone in their lives. Anything the Lord asks us to give, what he's gonna give you in return is always far greater. There's a passage in Matthew 16 where it says in verse 24, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what 
will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. There's a a principle there that really shows us that so often we think we know what it is that's going to give us life or it's gonna give us some sort of joy or peace or contentment or satisfaction in this world. But what Jesus tells us those things you're gonna, you think you're gonna find life in, you're actually not. You keep following after them, it's just gonna cause you to lose your life. You're not gonna find what you're looking for. But if you follow me, if you do the things that I'm leading you to, surrender the things I'm asking, that's where you're really gonna find the life you're looking for. That's where you're gonna find everything you want. Well, again, we're gonna keep praising God, but... I encourage you just to take that in. If the Lord's speaking to you, there's, there's opportunity to respond today. There's opportunity to come up and share. If he showed you something along that lines, if there were logs he put on your heart to give up, but let's keep worshiping him. One of the prayer meetings, we got to partner and do our afternoon meetings at Bethany Lutheran and Pastor Rich was sharing a word with us there and shared from Matthew 7 where it says, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, it'll be opened. Or which one of you, if your son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? The Bible says we have not because we ask not. So often we're just not seeing God do things because we're not asking him. And the asking is never for his benefit, it's for ours. He already knows what we need, but we need to see it. We need to involve him. And that's what that passage is encouraging us. You should involve him. He's a perfect father. He loves you even better than you love your kids. And if your kids come to you wanting something good, don't you give it to them? Well, how much more is he gonna answer your request with something good? Even if it's not what you expect, it's gonna be good because he loves you perfectly. And he was saying, because of those kind of promises, we should pray big and bold, never being afraid to ask. And we saw people do that this week, and we saw some pretty big answers to big, bold prayers. So we're just gonna have a moment now where, you know, we're gonna leave room if somebody has one of those testimonies of the Lord answering something like directly, miraculously, you can come up and share. Maybe you're that person that, that's just resonating with. You're like, that's me. I need to pray. I need to, I need to ask God to intervene in this situation. And you want to do that with your brothers and sisters so that we can agree with you. You can share it with us and we can share that, that burden, that prayer. And 
and bear it with you and, and lift it up to God together. But we're just gonna leave a, a, a moment for you guys to respond, however you feel led. Well, I had an answer to prayer that would be, uh, it was after a few days. Um, and it was a 13 month prayer I've been praying and mm. it was answered. I'm not gonna go into all that, but yes. And, uh, and then I, I still had a little pride. I still had that Martha thing going on and um, yesterday um, we were supposed to take some baby goats and uh, real quick my husband was not feeling like we should go he was just going so slow I'd never seen him go so slow and I was like nope we got to do this got to do this and then we get there and I looked and I thought I looked at the situation the person that's going to do it and it was all looked great except in my heart there was one thing that I thought, nah, I don't feel good. I don't feel good about this. And, and then I didn't listen again. And we stayed, and it turned out, turned out really hard. Mm. And um, they're okay, but it was like, man, I got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yes. And he's a good shepherd. And as I've learned, you know, in recovery, if in doubt, leave it out. It's really true. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> thank Amen. you. Amen. So I didn't feel prepared to go into the week of prayer and fasting. Um, had been in Sunday school for five weeks, all of December, and then had gotten sick the first week of January. Then we had an ice storm hit. So where I work, that means I work a lot of hours, so... I work at Pacific Power, and so I didn't go that Sunday. And then um, I didn't go last Sunday because during all of this, um, I had developed cataracts. I know, I look way too young for cataracts, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, so I've been really struggling. You know, I, I kept pushing it off. I kind of knew something was going on. Oh, my eyes just changed. Um, got glasses. They didn't work. Finally decided to call. Can't get any eye doctors. Can't get in anywhere. Um, had gone to home church. And one of my friends at home church had said, you know, maybe try KCI Institute in Longview. So I called them, went in, have cataracts. But they can't do the surgery until the first one, March 12th, second one, March 26th. And I thought, okay, I can be patient. Lord's teaching me patience. Um, but I also had asked people to pray with me, just kept thinking like, okay, I'm just going to give it to God. But it had gotten so bad, I, I didn't feel safe to drive anymore. Work was really hard. I mean, the font on my computer is so big. Um, it's like that big E that you do for the, it's like one word on each monitor, you know? So, um, I thought, you know, I'm going to be bold, you know, I have a hard time, just like you were just talking, you know, like, he's my good father. Why do I not think I deserve to ask a bold prayer? And um, so I emailed, I messaged the doctor, and I just, and I didn't ask to be moved up because I thought I need to just wait my turn, you know. But I just said, you know, I'm having a hard time driving. Do you have any, is there any, you know, do you have any ideas or just trying to explain? And she said, she emailed back and said, hey, let's just move your surgery up. 
And um, it happened to be the Tuesday of the week of prayer and fasting, which I didn't think was, you know, uh, an accident. And then, um, so I had asked my home church, you know, we're all texting, and I had asked them all to pray, and he had just given me his perfect peace. I was so excited, um, and had the surgery, went flawless. I can see 2020 out of that, this eye, with no glass in it. But, um, so I thought, and I still had to wait till March 12th for the second one. But, um, oh, and the other thing that I boldly had prayed was, you know, when you're fit in for surgery, you're usually the last person. I boldly asked, like, I'd really like a morning slot. I really don't want to, you know. So 7.30 a.m. was my slot. And I was like, gosh, he's so good, you know. And so uh, Tuesday night, I got the call from the from KCI Institute, and they're like, she was all apologetic. I'm sorry, I know you just had your surgery today, but um, we want to do the second one February 6th. So it's just like, why do I not ask? Why do I not go boldly? Why do I not think my prayers like I don't deserve them? And he just reminds me over and over and over, I love you so much. Like you just said, Pastor Chris, you just have to ask. We just have to bring it to him. And I mean, uh, so that was really shown to me this week. Amen. Amen. Yes, give the Lord a round of applause. Amen. Anyone else have anything to share? Uh, so going into this um, week of prayer and fasting, um, me and my wife had just talked about some main focuses, and there were mainly two. And we've been um, foster parenting at home for almost for three years now. And so since July, uh, we've had a, a two-year-old uh, in our care. And, uh, and then the second one was from my son, uh, True. He's special needs. Um, and so we were coming to understand with the combination of the two that it just wasn't working for our for our family in this season, and uh, one of the, my wife has a, a really really big heart, but sometimes with that big heart you also have to have understanding, and wisdom, and uh, sometimes it's it's hard to come alongside your wife who you also want to be led in yourself with that big heart, but also say, it doesn't mean no, it just means not yet. And, uh, and those things were becoming more and more aware to me of how my son True was being affected by this placement, how the rest of my family was. And I, I finally was having to be a little bit more um, specific in the way I was saying it to my wife of, I don't think this, this placement is in the right state. And that's really hard because... As a, a foster family, you take these kids on and, and you love them like your own. And you should. And, and they become, you know, with foster kids, if any of you have fostered seen, uh, foster kids are v very uh, loose with the word mom and dad. Uh, they're very quick to say, say mom, dad. Um, but as a parent, it, it creates buy-in for you of your, like, daughter, son, and, and you become very attached. And, um, but we knew of just 
more things that were coming up in our family that was just not, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to look after my whole family. And I was just seeing in, in the whole perspective that this was not the right time, especially with some of the decisions that were being made of different things that we come to understand that uh, we thought uh, some things were going to happen a little sooner that weren't happening and, and, and talks were being, uh, this was going to move this back. And, and so we had kind of applicable timing. We had a court date come up that was right in the middle of this week of prayer and fasting. And uh, not to be too long breath, but um, court date did not go well. And it was like business as usual. And none of the notes, none of the things that we felt should be brought up were brought up. And uh, so it was like, Going through the motions again, next court date's August. And we're like, So we had to make a decision. And my wife called our caseworker and said, this place isn't right for us. And and we've just got to, you got to find a new placement for Aries. And I could tell it affected her. She was a bit pretty disconnected this week. And I was wondering, I'm like throwing out all these excuses for her. I'm like, well, maybe it's just not her eating, you know, or, you know, all these other things. But it, it was, it was affecting her and I knew it would and, uh, affected me too. Um, so Thursday comes and I've been leading the worship time in the morning prayer times and we get done and I, I go to Chris and I vocalize, you know, and my wife had already been texting Sarah and I, I was like, I'd already texted him the need for prayer on this situation. And I was just like, these are one of those prayers that it, it's, it's gotta be drastic and it's gotta be immediate. Like God, I need a drastic and an immediate answer or I need you to put a placement in this little two-year-old's life that can go along with the timeline that DHS is telling us. In the heart of the father, there's, he doesn't like separation, you know. He doesn't like the denominations we have. He doesn't like when marriages get split up. He doesn't like when families get split up. So I knew already the answer that God wanted was the first one the drastic and immediate change. So I told Chris that this morning. And when I get to work, I I usually put my personal phone down on my desk and I go about my work and stuff and I, I don't really look at my phone. So I show up at the noon time prayer and I get there a little late and I start praying and I start vocalizing out verbally just my prayer for Aries. And I'm like, God, I, I need your hand. I need you to work right now. I need to see something significant. And uh, we get along, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what time it is. And I look at my phone, and I see I have a text. It was Chris texting me saying, showing a copy of a text message that had been from my wife saying, from the caseworker, can you hold on to Aries just for a little bit longer? We're trying to place her with grandma. And just we'd been already 
trying to create a relationship between grandma and Aries and fostering it. And it, that was our first want. Like, it was that she would go grandma, that she would go grandma. And it was just so over. I went up to Chris after. I said, you must have been laughing at me the whole time I was praying. <laughs> like, because you were like, this dude doesn't even know. <laughs> like, and, but it was just a reminder for me of, of God, like, you know it. And you're ready. And you're willing. And all we got to do is just say, Lord, here it is. With all my plan A, B, C, D, F, here it is. There's no plan but you. A drastic and immediate change. And it was just in my life, when I've seen the Holy Spirit work and move upon me, it's always that same feeling of, Lord, when I'm in awe standing up, I'm like, God, you know me. You really know me. All my weaknesses, all my successes, all my hardships, you know me, and still you pull me in close. And, and just to remind that, that for all of you, that sometimes like uh, the other woman just said, of sometimes we're like, should I really bring this to the Lord? It's maybe so petty or, or, you know, should I bother my brothers and sisters? I want to encourage you that you are letting us all miss out when you don't bring your prayers here, when you don't lay your burdens here. Because right now, as you are getting to celebrate with me, <laughs> I just the... the the overflowing, like to see the look on Chris's face when he was like excited and we're like, come on, like, come on, God, you steal that from us. I want to be right there next to you being like high five, like, yes, he's good. Yes, he comes through. Yes, he's God, our father. He's Emmanuel, God with us right here. Bring your burdens. As it says, like, as we bear each other's burdens, to allow for that. Let us be there for you. And it's not us. It's just us bringing it to the Father and being able to live that experience out with you. Amen. And I, I just want to attest to what he just said because I really appreciate that because I'll tell you what, just like in that example with Moses and Aaron and her, I, I could sense the, the, the burden that this was on him when we were praying about it and my wife could sense the burden it was as they were going through it, and we were, we were with them in carrying that burden in our prayers for those couple days, and when I saw that text come across, my wife sent me a picture of what Hillary sent her, like, it, it was more exciting than any prayer I could have asked. I was just, because that's my brother. We do life together. We, we, we love each other. We serve the Lord, and I want to see the Lord do awesome things in their life even more so than mine. And, and that's the greatest feeling. That's why it's so, as a family, we share these things together because we, we weep when we are weeping and we rejoice with each other when we're rejoicing. And so, Nikisha, did you, you have something to share too? Brendan's testimony was a, a blessing to me too, and I hope I can kind of form words here. I usually come up well prepared and I know exactly what I'm saying. I um, can just be honest and say I, I just want to respond to the 
because I just felt like he had been prompting me to share um, some of what's been going on in my life and, and kind of um, what he showed me this week of prayer and fasting. And so um, last Sunday, actually, uh, as always, we, we got a really good word here and um, the spirit just like, uh, it like broke me. Um, I spent the entire time like sobbing um, and I just felt the Lord removing this weight from me that I didn't even know um, that I knew I had or that I, I, um, I, you know, that I thought I was keeping from him. I, I felt like, you know, Lord, I'm letting you handle this. Um, but I carry a lot of burden um, with my job and, and I had some fear in my life. And um, the week before uh, I had went to the doctor and, and got a checkup and um, uh, had had to get a, a biopsy of my cervix that turned into my uterus. I have uh, places in both of my breasts that we don't know quite yet exactly what it is. Um, and many of you have heard my mom's testimony. She's went through two bouts of two different cancers the last two years. And so, um, and then uh, kind of a little bit of backstory, me and my husband had some infertility for many, many years. Um, we were blessed with Jackson, but it, it's our heart to have more children. And so it was just uh, kind of a lot for one appointment. And so, the Lord, um, as I was sobbing, I just heard him whisper in my spirit, you know, like, let me carry this burden with you. I'm gentle. I'm, you know, let me minister to you. And, and I focus so much on um, the attributes of God and, and the way that I want to be faithful and I want to be a servant, but I'm, I'm not good at letting him just love me sometimes and slow down and um, just feel that gentleness wrap around me. And so, I, I was praying about it. Um, I felt like I, sh I should have came up, and, and I just, I didn't. And so immediately afterwards, I'm, I'm in the restroom, and a dear sister, April Smiley, actually just kind of looked at me and was like, hi. And, you know, sometimes you see that, you get that high, and you just, like, you kind of fall apart. And so she's like, are you okay? And, and I wanted to give the, I'm good, but I just felt the Lord say, like, no, just let her know, you know. And so she prayed for me, and um, that prayer was just... Uh, that was the theme of the entire week for me as I tried to reach out. Um, I tried to spend time with others, work got busier. Um, I had one biopsy done. The other one was actually on Thursday. And um, so between work and Jackson's needs, um, trying to do what prayer meetings I could, it was kind of difficult. And so um, Thursday morning I woke up, that was the day of my second biopsy. And it's a pretty painful uh, procedure. And you know, I had some anxiety about it, and I had, like, five text messages at 6 a.m. Um, from sisters that was, like, we're all praying for you, and I felt, um, like the example that Chris shared, I felt like Moses that morning. I felt like, okay, Lord, like, you see me, and what more could I ever want than to know the one that created me and wants good things for me is with me right now in this, so I made it to the prayer meeting that day. Um, I almost didn't go. My hair was wet. I was late, I, but I just was, I just wanted to go and be with my brothers and sisters and be encouraged um, by, by their prayers and by what the Lord was doing in their life and by the, and, and just knowing that the Lord had been reminding me all week of, of all the things that he had brought me through that these appointments and these health things are such a small thing to him that can feel so big in my life. And, you know, he was just reminding me of bringing me through addiction and trauma and, um, you know, same-sex attraction, some really, really big sins in my life that um, was only removed because he made a way and because I surrendered those things to him. And so um, I, I work for um, the CASA program, and so I work with all of these foster children. Um, 
And the child that Brendan mentioned was a child that I've been praying very heavily for and had seen um, that court hearing. And so I'm like far, far removed praying for this. And I show up that day and I hear Brendan just pour his heart out for this child. And, and the theme throughout the whole week, and I don't know if I'm making sense or not, but the theme throughout the whole week was praying for our community. Um, things that I feel so often like I'm praying for alone or that I'm shouldering alone, the Lord just kept saying, the body is doing this. Like my people is doing this. Like look at what I'm doing and I'm doing something new for, for, for this community. Um, and so Brendan shared and I was able to pray with him afterwards and he was able to then tell me the really good news because I was having the procedure that day. I hadn't been in my email yet. Um, and so to get to share that moment with him, uh, was just so powerful and good. And so I, um, I don't have the answers yet to any of my tests and, and they're not all finished and I'm okay with that. I, I want to be in the center of God's will and, and that looks like whatever it looks like. Um, and I know that he has me and he's been building my faith and he's good to show me scripture and he's good to give me a heads up whenever I know that I'm going to need to be more dependent on him. Um, he's so good that I'm always looking this way and he's just pulling me right back to here. Look at me, keep your eyes on me. Um, and so I just, you know, I just want to encourage anyone um, who maybe feels that way. I, I don't know why I was trying to be strong on my own strength when I know that's where it doesn't get me anywhere. Um, and so the Lord is gentle and he is humble and he will share your burdens with you. So I just want to share that I was incredibly blessed by this week of prayer and fasting because all of these little moments accumulated to me being able to overcome all this fear and these appointments and even face the unknowns ahead and say that I have a genuine peace about it. Um, I may have moments of weakness and, and I know my father's going to be there for each of those moments. And um, so any of you, you know, I just would ask that you would be praying for me that I would stay faithful, and in anything that I go through, my, my heart's desire is that God will be glorified in that, um, and that I will be, you know, just a good daughter to him and be responsive to him. So um, I just want to thank you all and just lift up the entire body because I really feel that the Lord is doing something special in our community, um, and how good is it that he loves us so much. Amen. Hey, can you stay up here for one sec? Um, I'll explain it, like, not to embarrass you, but... As I was saying earlier, I don't really, I, I don't plan this. You know, there's so much that's flowing in my brain, like when I come to this Sunday because of everything the Lord did in the week. But, you know, I, I was in my office and I was just kind of prayerfully considering the different things the Lord spoke this week through different people, through me, and just asking the Lord, kind of like trying to weed through it. All right, Lord, what is it you want to share today? Just to, you know, somehow kind of have somewhat of a plan and and the Lord put this passage on my heart, and it wasn't something that necessarily the Lord did this week, kind of came out of nowhere, and I wasn't really planning on this, but I felt like the Lord put James 5 on my heart, where it says, in, starting verse 13, if anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And I felt like the Lord told me, bring the anointing oil up with you. And I didn't know what that meant if we were gonna do like something, we're just letting people come up wherever, but I think it's for you. <laughs> when you came up and you started talking, I felt like the Lord's like, I want you to anoint her with oil and have the elders pray for her. So... 
Let's just be faithful to do that, if that's all right with you. The elders can come up here and whoever's here, and let's just pray for Nikisha as you guys feel led. Thank you for our sister. What a privilege we have to take you at your word. Thank you for her obedience to you, her willingness to, to declare who you are and what you've done. And like Brendan was saying, this great need that she has. Lord, we've all been praying. We've been walking with her through this. And now here we are praying a big prayer that's impossible with men, but possible with God. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, you know exactly what it is and what exactly you want to do. And we're not praying for our own, some weird, strange uh, desire for her. We're praying for your perfect will, yes. that you would heal her and make her whole. Yes. That she would live to testify even to a greater degree yes. of the goodness of God. As she said, she has an easy time or easier time to um, understand your attributes and, and to serve you, but to just be loved by you. God, you love her, and I pray in Jesus' name that your love, your kindness, that, that you carry her burden. You said to cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Take my yoke, it's easy, and my burden is light. And Lord, that she would experience your supernatural peace that passes all understanding that guards her heart and her mind in Christ Jesus. And she would live to tell of the goodness of God. Yeah, God, we just we thank you for... Uh, our sister's just humble heart and uh, obedience to come up here and just just share what you've put on her heart Lord, to the to the church body and God we just we just pray right now that you would just move on her behalf that you would uh, give the doctors wisdom um, and uh, that you would just bless her Lord bless her family um, with time with with her and, and uh, we're just so grateful to have her be part of our church body She's such an encouragement. Father, we just we ask that you would move mightily on her behalf right now. We just thank you for her, Father. I agree, Lord. We ask for your mighty hand of healing. We ask because you're a good God that loves us. So we appeal to your character. Lord, we also we also ask in the name of Jesus Christ, your risen son. We ask for healing for our sister in Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord, we, uh, just from what we've heard here, we, we want to ask big. We want to ask for the miracle. Yes, Lord. <clears throat> yes. Lord, we ask that, that you would just bring perfect healing to our sister's body. But, Lord, as the theme of the week has been that of surrender, we also want to surrender to your will. You know exactly what she needs and when she needs it, Lord. So we just trust you. We surrender our will to yours. But we want to acknowledge right here that we know that you are all-powerful. You are seated on the throne. And uh, in a word, in a thought, you can bring perfect healing to her. So we, we, we ask you for that. Lord, your word says that when one part of the body hurts, that we all hurt with it. And so yeah. it's so cool even as together in this way. And you're the head of the church. You know, we're just uh, a bunch of, of small children reaching up to the hand of our father with our sister saying, Dad, would you help, would you help the one that you love? We know that you do, so we're looking forward to what you're going to do, and just thank you for your word. Thank you for this opportunity to stand in faith, not not some positive intention or something, but just this is the word of God and us getting to say, this is what you said to do, Dad, so we're here to ask you just like you said, and to we pray that you'd glorify your name in uh, the life of this dear sister of ours in Jesus' name. Lord, I just think of the woman that was bleeding 
for all those years and nobody could help her and she heard of Jesus and she thought if I just touch the hem of his garment, she had the faith that you could help her. All she had to do was touch you. You said her faith made her well. And here our sister is humble enough to have the same faith to come up and just admit this this potential infirmity, just these these health issues, Lord, that are, have weighed her down. And Father, we're just asking that you would make her well. And Lord, I ask that this, if this is a weight at all, it would be removed. That as she, as so many times for me, when I've, I've been able to just humble myself and, and truly admit I can't carry this, it's too much. I need your help, Lord. You took it from me and you replaced it with your yoke, which was light and easy. I pray that from this point on, this, this yoke would just be yours. It'd be light and easy as she trusts you, as she casts this care to you, knowing you care for her and knowing that even if things turned out in, the, like in her mind, the worst possible scenario, you're still gonna be good. She still has victory in you and she'll see that. But what we're asking for is healing. And in such a way, that the doctors are confounded so that you get all the glory. And it becomes just another part of her testimony of all the miraculous things you've already done in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's go ahead and um, we're gonna enter in another song. We have so much to praise the Lord for after those testimonies. So let's go ahead and do that. And while we do that, we're gonna open up the uh, communion tables. And I'm gonna ask you guys to grab the elements, but hold on to them because we're going to take them together. The communion, we'll, we'll talk about that later more. So let's just praise the Lord and go ahead and grab the communion elements and take them back to where you're seated as we praise them. One of the other things before we get to the communion elements that the Lord spoke to us this week was just this reminder to be persistent in our prayers, to never give up, to pray and keep praying till we see God do the things that he says he's going to do. Later on in that passage in James 5, it tells us in verse 16, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, you may not think you're a righteous person, but if you place your faith in Jesus, God says you're a righteous person. So that qualifies all of us as having power in our prayer because not of us, but because of the one that's behind our prayers that's listening and answering them. But it goes on to say, it uses an example of Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Hard to fathom with all the amazing things God did in Elijah's life, if you know it. But he says, yeah, he's just like you. And he prayed fervently, passionately, persistently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Now, what I like about that example is that those things didn't happen right away. God had told him, this is what I'm gonna have you do so you can be an example for the people to see that, I'm, that you're my witness. But he had to keep doing it. And he believed God at his word. God said this, so I'm gonna keep doing it until I see God keep his word. He didn't give up until it actually happened. And God's given us all these promises that are received through Jesus. And you might be here today and saying like, well, this is great. These people got to see their prayers answered. I didn't get to see mine prayer. You will, okay? You will be healed. You will see God work that bad thing for your good. You will experience victory. And if not in this life, I guarantee it is in the next. When sin has no effect over us. 
We know that's coming. That's right around the corner any day now. He might choose to give you those things earlier or you might have to wait till then, but you will see them. And this is the reason you can know with 100% certainty that you will because it says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. You know that when you're saying amen, you're saying yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We can say, yes, Lord, you will keep your promise. You will be faithful. I will see these things you've told me in your word because Jesus won the yes for me. It's not based off of me. It's completely based off of him. And I've received those promises through faith in him. That's one of the things that we want to remember and celebrate when we take these communion elements so we remember those things Jesus accomplished for us on the cross in his death and resurrection. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to have Beth pray for the uh, bread that represents Christ's body that was broken for us, and we'll take, she'll lead us in taking it together. Pastor Stephen's going to lead us in drinking the, the juice that represents Jesus' blood that was spilled to atone for our sins on the cross. But to you it is that we would be thankful hmm. that we never eat this bread or take this juice religiously out of habit but with all our heart, mind, soul and strength remember who you are and what you've done and we are all testimonies of who you are and what you've done thank you for going through with it your word says without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. And when those animals that you allowed to um, cover things for a time was never enough to actually pay the price. We owed a debt that we could never pay and you paid our debt that you didn't owe. <laughs> Your blood poured out for us, like Isaiah 53 says. We drink this with thanksgiving, with gladness and joy to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. I want to encourage you, church, that this week of prayer and fasting is not meant to be just a one and done and <laughs> We go back to the way things were. This is, this is just the appetizer for what the Lord wants to do the rest of the year and you guys individually and then us as a church. And I love how in Psalm 5 when it talks about in the beginning, uh, the first couple verses, like David coming to the Lord in the morning and praying, but he, he doesn't just do that. It says, in the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you. Then verse 3, and it says, and watch. Or like some of your translations say, expectantly wait. Like he prays and then like he's like all eyes just looking like because God is going to answer. God is going to answer. And so I encourage you, that's the way we want to move forward from this week. Keep praying. Keep expecting. Persistently praying until we see God respond. Praying together isn't something that's just this week. This Thursday, we have our... Day of the month. 
Every first Thursday of the month, we meet out here at seven. We encourage you to fast throughout the day. It's our, our day set aside to do what we did this week. Fast and pray, and then come together and pray together corporately, sharing our burdens with each other, praising the Lord, sharing the things we're rejoicing in, and then we break the fast with a meal together. Every Wednesday morning, we meet inside town of Astoria. We have a morning prayer meeting. Somebody was telling me, I just love these morning prayer meetings. There's something about the morning. Yep, that's why in the Bible, you see it all the time saying, in the morning, early in the morning, Jesus rose. There's something about it. And I was telling him, we do it every Wednesday. It's a small group with us. Anyone's welcome to come, though. Every morning from 6.30 to 7, or not every morning, every <laughs> Wednesday morning. I found myself, man, after this week and just how God moved, I woke up Saturday and I was bummed. I had no prayer meeting to go to. Now, I had prayer with God, just him and me, and that was great. But all that to say is it was so good praying with everyone this week so many times. But every Wednesday morning, 6.30, 7.30, addresses for that, it's on your bulletin card. And then every morning at nine on Sundays before, anyone's welcome to come back there. That's not just for the super holy people. We're all equally holy in Christ, okay? Come back there, even if you're just going to sit there and be quiet and pray. But that's open at nine o'clock. But I just want to exhort you guys before we, we give one last offering of praise to the Lord. Man, this is the beginning of what the Lord's wanted to do. And if you thought this week was awesome and powerful, just keep drawing near to God because it only gets better. Amen?